0: Climb aboard if you dare for our new road trip through Scotland. Scenic and beautiful, but of course, looks can be deceiving. Join your hosts as they take you through some of the most terrifying places Scotland has to offer. If you'd feel safer, you're welcome to wait in the camper till we return, just know it's had a history full of attracting some heinous, curious creatures, thus being its intended purpose, of course. Fleeing, however, would be ill-advised. Who knows what strange things you'll encounter out there, so far, far from home, where no one will hear you scream. Let us light a warm fire and begin our tale of horror. Your victims, I mean your listeners, have been warned, Tom.
1: Hey guys, I'm Tom, and I'm here in our cryptid camper with Shay. We'd like to thank you for being brave enough to join us for our fourth season of the Scare Your Pants Off, our Scotland road trip. This is episode number two, and for our haunt, we've set up camp in the Edinburgh vaults. So, how you doing today, Shay?
2: I'm doing really good. I am I am thoroughly enjoying this whole Scotland thing. It's it's I every time I research, I'm, my mind is blown about something different. I'm loving it. How are you?
1: Yeah, same, same. This is this has been a real lot of fun so far. I know we're only uh, in our second episode, but so far, so much fun. I love, just love this stuff. So. Um, have you watched anything good recently?
2: So, we're recording this the Saturday after Thanksgiving, and the last one we recorded was the Saturday before Thanksgiving. No, I have not watched, I've really not watched much of anything. I'm actually not, I, I'm behind an episode on the, uh, the monster show on Apple that I was watching. I think I've watched a couple, like, Christmas movies in the background, but that's really about it. What about you?
1: Actually, yeah. So, well... Um, uh, two, the new season of Fargo has just started. I absolutely love Fargo, and uh, this new season has John Hamm and Juno Temple, uh, and it's awesome. Two epi- they uh, you know, it's only the first two episodes, and it's already really really i just love far it's just such a good dark comedy um the, and then the anthology style of the series where it's you know they have little easter eggs to tie into each season that tie back to a season but you don't have to watch every season you can kind of jump in anywhere so i kind of love that uh do you watch fargo
2: i've actually never watched fargo i feel like i started watching it once and then something happened and i got distracted and i never finished but i I always say that, like, I want to jump in and try watching it. So I'm gonna, I will try it. I'm gonna try it again because I'm, I'm intrigued.
1: It's, yeah, it's so good, and I, and I, I think that you'd really enjoy it. It's really, it, it's dark humor, or you know, the humor reveals around people getting killed and hurt. And so uh, I, I think you'll, you would really like it. Um, another one that just came out, and it's on, I believe, the same station. If it's FX uh murder at the end of the world. Yeah. I was
2: that. I'm totally intrigued by that. I am
1: liking it so far. So, you know, like it's she's uh the main character, she's a hacker, but they're also investigating these women's deaths and then, you know, stuff happens, it jumps, you know, a couple years into like what is our present day and uh they get called out Uh, there's this big conference with these smart people it's not even a conference this rich guy ronson who basically is a tech billionaire sort of an elon musk type um calls him out to his hotel in iceland in the middle of nowhere and then just uh people start dying and stuff it's it's so far i'm really liking it it's uh like I said, three episodes in, and I, uh, I think it's worth definitely worth a check out. Cool. Uh, because I'm enjoying it. I finally last night got through Five Nights at Freddy's.
2: How did you like it?
1: Right, yeah, I, it, it, it uh, yeah, <laughs> um, it, it's it wasn't. The worst movie I ever see. I I could watch it again. You know, I'd probably it'd be one of those that I would put on in the background while I'm cleaning or something like that. Um, it, it didn't completely hold my attention, and I would be on my phone or kind of dozing off a little bit. Um, but yeah, it was it wasn't great either. It was just eh. yeah um you know i i mean i like i like the cast yeah i the cast is good that kid the main kid there he was in a show that i really liked on hulu called future man it was like this comedy time traveling comedy show um that was funny and then matthew lillard is and would he
2: be a scream peen
1: you think or (laughs)
2: <laughs> it's, I'm never not gonna laugh when you say that I feel like, and I did, I tried to. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna jump right into this conversation No, we're gonna, you know, it's a screen peen every time Um, yeah, no, I feel like He has to be a screen peen Because I literally can't even say without laughing Um Yeah, I think, I think he would qualify Because he's Yeah, he's weird He's weird like that And he's definitely not a final guy And he's, yeah so, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> he's a <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking about it last night when I'm like, he's done quite, like, you know, we know the big one, Scream, this. But I, I, like, for some reason in my brain, I think he, because there was that stretch where you didn't see him in, like, big budget movies. But I think he was doing some lower budget, and some of them might have been horror as well. Uh, I could be wrong on that. I could be thinking of a different actor, but I'm pretty sure it was... Matthew Lillard, uh, yeah, and I was thinking about that last night, I mean, he, I wouldn't put him in the same category as like a Justin Long, because no. like Justin Long, yeah, I mean, he's just, I mean, he's been so many horrors, and he's just, and he's always so weird, and I love how he's so <laughs> weird Matthew everything.
2: Lillard is a lesser, is a lesser peen, but is, but a screen peen nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> We're off to a good start. <laughs> Yeah, um, <laughs> oh. he's awesome. Though I I love him in movies. I he's again he's one of those. If I see him in yeah. it, I'm like, if it's not something I'm necessarily interested in, I'll try it if he's in it because because he, he's awesome and he and he's and he's yeah I like him in everything. So yeah,
1: he is he is really good. So yeah, I I think with um, the uh Five Nights at Freddy's, I would. I, I, like i would recommend it to people but just not put their hopes up on it that it, it, you're not gonna get something that's super scary or just like game changing as far as horror or anything but it's a fine watch you know um like i said i didn't know much about i, I up until like Uh, a week after the movie came out I thought Five Nights at Freddy's was a whole a kid's thing (laughs) I didn't realize it was a whole horror thing um but if you liked if if you liked Five Nights at Freddy's um shoot you the movie the banana splits
2: I I think people would like that yes I agree actually 100% I would agree
1: I think that is actually a it, it's a, like they're the animatronics from the banana splits back in the 60s, the kid show from the 60s or 70s. But this came out five, eight years yeah. ago or something. It's a horror version. And again, they're like animatronics that start killing people. And uh, so if you like Five and at Freddy, I think you would actually like the banana splits uh, even a little bit more. I just think it's a little stronger of a. Um, a horror film at the time it was like that when i watched that roy was the one and uh, i remember it and he was like oh you gotta watch this i didn't think much of it and, and honestly the year that i watched it i think it was my favorite horror movie of that year that it came out it was i, I thought it was so much fun oh,
2: that's a good one definitely um,
1: and, uh, yeah, that was about it of what I watched, because obviously it's, like you said at the top, it's been kind of a crazy week with the Thanksgiving and all that good stuff, so...
2: Oh, uh, actually, right. being after Thanksgiving, oh, okay. I feel like it's safe now to ask you what, if you were to have, like, three Christmas movies out of your must-watch every season, what are they?
1: Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. Die Hard. Um, oh, yeah. oh um, A Christmas Story.
2: Very good. Very good.
1: I think, how about, how about so, you?
2: Jim Carrey's Grinch. I love Jim Carrey's Grinch. It's an earworm though. And Birdworm. the first time I watch it, I quote it all season. Because that's just what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I always watch... Um, this one's funny. No one no one else likes this movie for some reason. I love this movie. Fred Claus. I freaking love Fred Claus with Vince Vaughn. He's fantastic.
1: Yep. I know. Mhm.
2: And then I feel like I go between I, I feel like it is my third my the third one I almost always watch is uh Holiday Inn with Bing Crosby and Fred Astaire. I love it, yep. and it has to be the black and white, it can't be the color version, I don't know why, it just can't be, it's not the same for me, I, I need it to be the black and white, but I, I just, I love the whole thing, and it's very nostalgic for me, and uh, I get a little, uh, get a little crap from Eric about that one, <laughs> but I love it, so it's, you know, it's what it is, I, I keep watching it.
1: I, uh, I got to change my, so Christmas Story would go into my honorable mention, Christmas Vacation. Oh. I think is a little bit better. And then another honorable mention, and it's a fairly new one, is Violent Night.
2: Ooh.
1: <laughs> I thought that was so fun. That
2: was really good. <laughs> I'm on the same page with you. Honestly, with all three of those movies, I love National Lampoons. When that When the intro starts with National Lampoons, it's christmas like i know it i feel it like in oh my gut. i'm like okay there it is this is this is christmas now so yeah i didn't even think of that for some reason but yeah
1: yeah i don't know why I, neither did i and then as you were talking i was like duh christmas vacation yeah. cousin eddie I can't. and then like i said violent night honorable mention just because i i love uh that actor too with uh plays you know, hopper yeah. in hopper and stranger things uh, What the hell? <laughs> Uh, David yeah,
2: Harbour?
1: Yep. yep. Okay. Alright. Uh, do we have anything else, or should we jump in? I think.
2: I think we jump on in.
1: Alright. Well, you have our Curious Creature of the Week.
0: Pay no attention to those distant screams of terror. I'm sure they're just our hands creature or cryptid. You should be safe right here.
2: I do. So when we started this season, I had the first episode. So my episode was The Haunt, which is great. That's awesome. I I love that. That is one of my three favorite parts of our show. (laughs) (laughs) So I did, however, have a mild concern at the very least that Tom having the first cryptid was going to steal my cryptid. I don't know why I claim ownership of this, but I do. It's mine. (laughs) <laughs> um, But he didn't, so I have the privilege of talking today about the Loch Ness Monster, because how do you go to Scotland and not at least once talk about the Loch Ness Monster? Right. Now, when I researched this a little further, I had a passing knowledge of the Loch Ness Monster. I thought I knew a good amount, but I had no friggin' clue how far back the encounters with this thing went. Do you, do you have any... If you were to ballpark it, where would you guess?
1: Oh, uh, God. If I were to ballpark, I would say the first sighting probably happened in, like, the mid to late... So, like, after 1860... Between, like, 1860 and 1880 would be my my guess for, for the first sighting.
2: Not even close. And that's about where I would have guessed to originally, so... Um, the first sighting was actually uh, written about, and it took place in 565 AD. No. Yeah. What? Really? <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's multiple sources too. I found this in multiple places. So. Wow. It.
1: Wow, my mind is blown on that.
2: Yeah, it's the history is so much older than our history. My mind is literally blown every episode. Now, the sighting was... um, encountered by... ...or accounted for by... uh, ...an Irish monk named... ...St. Columba. I apologize if I'm saying that wrong. I can't find the correct pronunciations... ...but that's what it looks like to me. Uh, He was said to encounter... ...residents burying a man... ...who was, and I quote... Attacked by a water beast. It is said that he was pulled under the water. And drowned. So. uh, Columba. And a man. uh, He basically like kind of hired a man. To go across the river with him. And the beast. The beast approached him. And supposedly. Supposedly. The beast pulled back. When Columba made the sign of the cross. And commanded it to do so. It retreated. So I don't, I don't know about all that, but that's, that's quite, that's quite the, uh, that's quite the encounter. So now there's a, there's a huge list of encounters. I'm going to go through it quick. Um, You have uh, D. McKenzie in 1872, who saw a log shaped creature splashing in the water and then speeding off. You have Alexander MacDonald in 1888, who saw a large animal with short legs swimming across the Loch, and described it to look somewhat like a salamander. Uh, You have Aldi McKay in 1933, who uh, had a sighting that was actually uh, written about in the paper of a creature with a whale body and a long neck. You have Hugh Gray in 1933, who had taken the first photo of Nessie. Uh, 1934, a sighting by author Grant. In 1934, a picture taken by an anonymous man who didn't want to be associated with the picture but wanted it to be seen. Um, G.E. Taylor took a 16 millimeter color film single frame uh, picture and and, uh, published it in his 1961 book, The Elusive Monster. You have William Fraser in 1938, He had sonar readings in 1954, a photo by Peter McNabb in 1955, a sighting by Tim Dinsdale in 1960, another sighting in 1977, another sighting in 2007, two sightings in 2011. Now these last two are gonna blow your mind. In 2014, an image was captured by Apple Maps. And then in 2021 drone footage was captured
0: and the, that is cool yeah
2: so on top of that there were numerous expeditions and you know research done and everything like that and i could legitimately talk to you for an hour about the Loch Ness Monster but i'm not going to do that because that's not what we're here for i do however think everybody needs to jump in if if, if this is something that intrigues them jump in and take a look you will not be disappointed it is wild, it's very cool. So, but that's what I have for the Loch Ness Monster.
1: Oh, awesome. I'm, I, I'm glad we got to do this early in the state because this is awesome. Um, so first of all, I was taking quite a lot of notes. Uh, 565, my mind's blown on that. Uh, 565 AD, I would have never guessed it went back that far. Um, just adds a little more validity to it. Uh, I, I, I love that he's a monk, and of course he's got to use the, the sign of the cross, it doesn't really say, he just does it, does he do it with his arms or something, and it retreats, <laughs> I mean, it, it's, uh, I, I, maybe the only, only instance I know of where it's like, there might be saying that, uh, Nessie is demonic in some way or something because why would he be afraid of the sign of the cross yeah <laughs> otherwise uh but you know it, it still makes for a good story so we and i really like 1954 sonar reading technology is getting better then we jump to 2014. Uh, you know there's a lot of sightings in there that are really really cool oh actually i should even i should go before that now so because um, that actually will help so we get you know people witnessing it then all of a sudden we start getting photos mm-hmm. then we get a single 16 millimeter frame then we get a sonar reading then we get apple maps then we get a drone footage and i just love that because i've seen that argument with people on these creatures and stuff and like with the bigfoot how come it's you know we have these cameras that are 57 megapixels now on our phone and yet the um the the Bigfoot's always blurry, and it brings me it reminds me of the Mitch Hedberg joke where the monster's blurry. It's not it's not actually the camera. It's just a, it's a blurry monster. Mitch Hedberg was a genius. He is. Uh, <laughs> um, but I love that because you know, people argue that like with all the new technology, how come we haven't seen these things? And then uh, with Nessie, and uh, you can see just the progression of technology. In the uh, um, within the sightings, you know, like I said, from a camera to a video camera to a sonar to computers to an actual drone, it's just, um, really, really cool. I'd love to, uh, I'd love to see some of that drone footage, yeah, uh, as well. Um, yeah, I mean, just a lot. I didn't, you know, I didn't really, I, I, you know, know about Nessing. The large salamander. I'm trying to go through my notes, which I I can see that uh, ex, explanation. Um, yeah, I think that's what I got. But yeah, no, uh, great choice. I'm glad we I, I'm glad we did it uh, did him early in the season because he is. I mean, is he the most famous cryptid? Do you think?
2: I you know what? If other than I feel like it's Nessie, Bigfoot. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I feel like, I feel like there's a couple that are, like, known everywhere. Nessie is absolutely, if not the top, at the top of the list right there with Bigfoot, who, again, everywhere has some version of it. And, and it's, so I feel like, I feel like the two of them at the very least are tied for first for me.
1: Yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of any others. I mean, there's a lot of famous ones, but like the one, the ones that everybody knows, Bigfoot, Nessie, and so, I mean... I think I think I I learned about Nessie before I even learned about Bigfoot when I was a kid. Just because yeah. it's like Nessie is one of those things that they would even sort of like touch upon in school. Yeah. Just and uh, Bigfoot, not as much, but they might have. God, my me- tough and old my memory, um, not as not what it once was.
2: So I feel like there's um, a little more to the. Th- I feel like there's something that people don't seem to grasp a lot of the times when they think about like, yeah, why isn't there more clear pictures of Bigfoot? Why isn't there more evidence of this and more evidence of that? People, it's because we shoot at them and we and yeah. we want to capture them and, and, and hook them up to things and take their blood and hair and they don't want to be near us because as, you know, at least a large population of people want to do messed up things to them and they suck. So that's why, probably a uh, part of the reason at the very least, why they don't let us take their damn picture because they don't want whatever we, whatever like the government and stuff would do to them because it's awful. So, yeah, there's no yeah. pictures because we shoot at <laughs> And, and
1: they're, an- we're animals. They're animals. When's the last time a deer let like, you walk up and pet? It, it doesn't yeah. happen. Oh, that is too, just,
2: yeah. You just something. Yeah, it, well,
1: exact yeah, if we're at a zoo. But I mean in the wild, you know, what animal very few will let you walk get even close to them. They just take off. Which just reminded me yesterday I was driving and it was just before dark and I come around the car and I almost shit. There was a deer just right on the side of the road, just ready to cross. And thank God it stopped because it would have destroyed my car. It was huge. But um Sorry, sidetracked there, but um, yeah. So that makes a hundred percent sense what you were saying because yeah, of course we shoot at them, we experiment on them. Why would they, they want to get close? Let us get close.
2: No, we're we're not a we're not a good we don't stand to be a good react interaction for them at all. So e- exactly.
1: But yeah, great choice. Love it. Love it. I, I'm I know I'm gonna do some more research now and on them. All right, uh, anything else on Nessie?
2: Nope, nothing else
1: on Nessie. All right. Well, I got this week's haunt.
0: Ah, you're still here. Step on in for those terrifying haunted tales. I'm sure there's nothing to really be afraid of.
1: And like I said at the top, we are at the Edinburgh Vaults, also known as the Southbridge Vaults. So, the Edinburgh Vaults, or the Southbridge Vaults, are a series of 120 or so chambers formed in the 19 arches of the South Bridge, which is located uh, in Edinburgh, Scotland. It was part of the Southbridge Act of 1785, and construction was completed in 1788. For the first 30 or so years after its completion, the vaults housed taverns, cobbler workshops, and other tradesmen workshops like uh, metal forging and stuff like that. As well as, it was the storage for these merchants, uh, where they would store their uh, excess of items. After this though, and and when I say that, after the first 30 or so years, these merchants and stuff started to move out and it became a, a hot spot for the homeless, illegal gambling, taverns, illegal whiskey distilleries, and a place where body snatchers stored corpses overnight due to its coldness and dampness and body snatching um, in the 18, uh, especially in the 1800s was big business because uh, they could sell it to medical schools for uh, research. So they would dig up bodies and, you know, store them and then sell them to medical schools. And, and you could make a, a pretty penny doing that. It was uh, A pretty common trade back then. It's even rumored that the famed serial killers, Burke and Hare, or Hare, used the vaults for some uh, or all of their kills. So why the change in atmosphere after only 30 years? Well, it's due to the rushed construction of the bridge. Uh, They wanted to get it done, like Scotland was... You know, Edinburgh, especially, it was become getting bigger. It was becoming a city, and you know, modernization. So they just wanted to get all these bridges and stuff done, and they never sealed the surface against water. So it, due to this, the vaults began to flood and fall into disrepair fairly quickly. And aside from. Uh, the uh, seedy and illegal operations that took place there, the vaults also became home for many of the city's poorest population. Some of these tight, cramped, dark, damp rooms housed up to 10 family members in them. And there was no sunlight, no fresh circulated air, no running water, and no sanitation. So diseases uh, were very rampant there. It is believed, though, by the 1860s, these illegal establishments and poor families had to leave as well. Uh, and the vaults and the families that lived there were virtually forgotten for almost 100 years until they were rediscovered in 1985. and during that sort of rediscovery they found middens containing toys medicine bottles plates and other signs of human habitation um during the excavation of it and that's really when they found out holy cow you know there was up to 10 people living in one of these tiny little rooms (sighs) all right so that's about as much history as you really need to know about the Edinburgh Vaults before we jump into the haunts, so I'm gonna jump into them. The first haunt is an apparition known as Mister Boots, or uh, sometimes he is known as the Watcher. He is described as a tall, shabby man who sticks to the shadows and back sections of the vaults. He is known to push and or throw rocks at visitors. And others have claimed to hear his footsteps approaching them on the cobblestones, and even hear an echoing voice cursing throughout the chamber. Next, we have the spirit known as the Aristocrat. Described as a well-to-do gentleman with a tall black hat and a beard, he leans against a wall Grinning at passerbys. Although this spirit is not aggressive and believed not to be evil, people still report feeling uneasy around him, feeling a sinister presence when he's near. The next spirit is a friendly one known as the Cobbler. Described as a short, stocky man wearing a long apron. He is said to smile at all that pass him. The last major or most common ghost I'll discuss at length is the most creepy, in my opinion. Although, you know, Mr. Boots, I think, is pretty creepy as well. This ghost is known as Jack the Child. And if you've listened to the show, you know my thoughts on ghost children. They're just creepier. It just, because they shouldn't be a ghost. Children shouldn't be ghosts. So, yeah, um, Jack is said to be about six or seven years old with curly blonde hair. He is wearing a blue suit with knickerbocker trousers. He wanders the vaults and is said to be most attracted to women and children, which kind of makes sense being a six or seven year old. You know, it's, you know, Makes sense. Jack has also been known to grab the hand of visitors and tug on their clothes. Well, that's about it for the major haunts, but by no means is this all the haunts here. And I, impl- guys, go check this out. This is this place is now on my bucket list. It just they do tours here. They've actually it's been on ghost show like ghost hunters and a bunch of uh, the paranormal shows. Uh, there's. Like I said, this is these are the major ones, but there's a ton more things going on. Some of the more general things that have been observed, felt, or experienced here are cold spots, ghosts, g- gusts of cold air, shadow figures, disembodied screams and cries, and actually, uh, with those screams and cries, many believe that those might be some of or all of the 16 or 17 victims of those serial killers I mentioned at the beginning Burke and Hare um which crazy um, so yeah that's about it for the Edinburgh vaults
2: Thoughts? so awesome choice and yeah I saw this I saw the same number 16 or 17 kills but you know they did that in 10 months 10 months
1: I can't breathe that. That's insane, right?
2: No time. That's like, (laughs) that's like, oh, they don't get tired, I guess. Um, But one really kind of-
1: That's almost two a month, almost two a month when you think about it. And and usually, like what we know about steroid killers nowadays is they have that cooling off period where, you know, they, they don't, sometimes don't even think about a kill because they've, they've satiated that, that urge and then they cool off and then it starts to build back up. But these guys were just Excuse me, just freaking
2: crazy. <laughs> there was there was a man who owned like an inn sort of a thing that uh, if he had uh, at one point in time one of the, one of their victims actually was a woman named Dorothy and she got a fever she got ill at the inn and they didn't want the word spreading so they killed her and and that was one of the bodies. Um, but what else is what, another kind of cool thing a lot what I don't think a lot of people realize is um, yeah they were they were killing or stealing but whatever they were doing uh obviously people would grave rob and and sell for medical um but they were killing and selling for medical um but scottish law actually required back then i don't know if that's still the case now um but corpses for medical research could literally only ever be people who died in prison so the number yeah so the number of of people they would have to do research on was not very big it was actually pretty small so that unfortunately led to kind of a need a a demand so hence the supply um i
1: wow i didn't know yeah
2: no that's it's super interesting like all that history is really interesting jack the child is creepy i love it but i want to talk a little bit about mr boots so mr boots i'm getting a couple different vibes from him he is super creepy i like him a lot I like that he kind of like hangs in the shadows. I like that he like hits people with rocks. Um, I'm getting, I'm getting like a mixed feeling about him. I get it, it like three things, kind of similar things, kind of popping in my head, and I'm getting, uh, you know what, you know what the Dark Watchers in, um, in uh, I think it's California, are. So they're these yeah. images, these, yeah, they're they're silhouettes mm-hmm. or whatever that stand like off in the distance and like just kind of stare or whatever and then i'm definitely getting like a slenderman vibe but also like just your run-of-the-mill kind of like pale man vibe like the like the long thin and that's uh, that's all i'm thinking the whole time talking about him and it's is that what it is i have no idea but it's those are the vibes i love that yeah thank you
1: i i love that because the the picture in my head that i've gotten even though it's never um he, he wasn't described with a cigarette i was getting like a picture almost of like wyatt or like from tombstone the movie where you just kind of lean him back cigarette off his lip uh, uh, and a cowboy hat but i like yours way better because it was it wasn't that creepy it was just the picture i was getting but now that you've said like the slender man and all that yeah i i am i am right there i love that um that mental imagery that's awesome oh, it's uh, yeah, he, Mister B- Mister Boo. It's definitely definitely a creepy one. Just to just to, if you're walking around and just hear like disembodied swearing and like cursing, like it said, and, like you just hear this guy Fuck! or something. Yeah. I, I think that's pretty wild. Um, yeah, this this place is definitely on like a bucket list place now that I want to go to. They do tours. Throughout the day, every day, throughout the day, Um, and like I said, there's been new uh, all the major paranormal shows, but I don't watch any of them. Um, But all of them have gone here at some point or another, and uh, it just sounds pretty awesome. Oh, you. Pretty awesome. Sounds really cool. It's a great choice. Um, All right, Uh, do we have anything else on the vaults? I
2: don't think so.
1: Alrighty, well, you want to jump into your strange encounter?
0: Ah, you survived. Just long enough for our encounter beyond strange.
2: I do. So let me start by saying that my strange encounter initially was going to be gigantic. (laughs) Now it is tiny, but it's for a good reason. So the strange encounter that I picked, is it's just the tip of the iceberg that seems to be surrounding this place and in this place called bonnie bridge it's just one of really a lot of stuff so that i feel like we're going to touch on more as the season goes on too so there's a lot more to this so my strange encounter for today is rather short but again tip of the iceberg now i'm going to talk about the falkirk triangle in 1992 have you heard anything about that no
1: i don't think so
2: okay so there was a man named james walker and he was i believe he was driving home from the different accounts that i read um and he saw in the middle of the road a star-shaped object and it was hovering but low enough to block the road from his car so he waited didn't say how long he waited but it you know it reads like he waited maybe a couple minutes nothing super crazy um now he waited in his car for it to pass when it did it did so extremely rapidly very quickly now what's really cool about this specific one is there were multiple other sightings on different nights of the same type of object a star-shaped object hovering in the road that in some of the accounts even say that it buzzed the cars as they as it took off and, and drove away from them so that's my whole strange encounter but like i said this place is incredible and you're going to see a lot more of it but that's what i have for the falkirk triangle
1: wait so first up love any triangle because what we've if we've we know and what we've learned over these last couple years you know when there's a triangle there's some weirdness going on we have um Mm-hmm. The uh, Bridgewater Triangle near us, obviously everybody knows the Bermuda Triangle, the you know there's Belkirk and there's numerous other ones throughout the world. And I love it because like the more I look into them, you know, there's always some weird going on, and I really, I, the more research I do on them or the more I hear people talk about them, I feel like they they may be some sort of interdimensional. Uh, portal or wormhole or something to a uh, a dimension where maybe aliens exist or these ships exist or cryptids exist or whatever whatever these weird things that we're seeing or happening um go uh, are going on and like I said that's just a theory of mine but uh, I love this so it's something that really stuck out to me buzz their cars and I've heard that on mm-hmm. on numerous Alien Encounters, as well as the Mothman uh, about buzzing cars. And I don't fully understand what they mean by buzzing cars. Do you have any thoughts on that?
2: So, yeah. So, I, I I think I'm in a similar space to you. So, it doesn't... I feel like unless they say, like, it scratched the car or it damaged the car, I don't know that there's any actual, like physical buzzing of the car, but, like, you ever you ever play in, like, Frisbee or something like that and you get, like, that whoosh by your head like it's, like, nearly a haircut, but it's not? Yep. I feel like, to me, that's what buzzing is. Unless they talk about physical damage.
1: That makes sense. Kind of what I was thinking, too, but that, yeah, I think you are 100% right now that you put it that way, because, like I said, I've seen that in the other encounters, and then I even, like, when we've talked about the Mothman, I remember them talking, and there, there was another cryptid, too, where <clears throat> I think he was similar to a Mothman. It wasn't the Mothman. It was one that we did in one of the seasons, and uh, that they had described buzzing a car as well. Um, so that makes uh, 100% sense. The star shape, I... I I love that because I see that more and more. You, these star shaped or these triangle shaped or pyramid shaped um, hovering objects, which would make sense that if we're about our technology is evolving and stuff it would make sense that alien technology you know g- evolves as well and going Because uh, more recently there's been a lot more like triangle shaped star shaped or pyramid shaped where back in the day it was saucer you know usually round shaped some even have propellers at a time but it would make sense that if our technology gets better why wouldn't their technology get better you know so um I, I like sort of this evolution of how uh ships changed um yeah no great great choice like you said it's it's probably you know gonna tie into a lot throughout the season which is always fun when we can tie back into episodes and little little things like that it, it it's I think it's a lot of fun for us, and I think it's fun for our listeners as well to be like, oh, yeah, that was similar, you know, like this and that. So, um, yeah, great choice. Uh, The fact that there is multiple sightings that night and the uh, different nights of the same object adds a little more air of validity. Yeah, great choice. Love it. Love it, love it. Oh, man right well did we have anything else for them this week
2: actually I wanted to I wanted to just kind of at like throw something out there and um, if so we have uh, this season is only going to be 18 regular episodes and then we're going to actually celebrate our 100th episode by doing something special and then we'll probably still have our story episode after that technically I think 20 episodes but the 19th episode of the season is our 100th episode and we want to ask anybody who's listening if you have any ideas anything you would like uh we're gonna i want us to be open to answering questions if you have them or anything that you want to see you want to hear a little more about anything any suggestions that you have anything you'd like to know on our 100th episode let us know reach out through social media on our facebook page comment uh you know you our email addresses are available there we have our website that's available there and everything so just reach out and let us know yeah
1: seriously can you believe 100 i mean coming up that is that's i mean that's two years and we have not missed a week i don't believe and they they've gotten an episode every which is not that common as far as even in the podcasting world, you know, usually they, the shows take weeks off or have an off season and then you know, and then come back or whatever so, um, I'm I can't believe we're already coming up on episode number 100 (laughs) but,
2: yeah it blows my, I'm actually really, I'm really proud of us, that is, it's like forever ago when we started season one, we were like, oh, this will just be fun or whatever I never, uh, I I never thought that far ahead, not that I thought we weren't gonna like Keep going, but like I, it just never dawned on me that we were gonna have a hundredth episode at some point in time, and it's coming so no,
1: yeah. To think about it, where we were just kind of like, Yeah, we should do something, and just kind of messed around at first, and now a hundred episodes in four seasons I mean, just crazy, and just two short years wild. But yes, like she said, please send in anything, any recommendations, and we'll we'll do something really fun for that episode. So, all right. uh, Anything else we want to let them know on?
2: No, I think that's it.
1: All right. Well, thanks for joining us. And we are so glad you made it out alive be sure to come back next week when our heart brings us to R.A.F. Montrose. Until then, happy camping. They're all yours now, boys.
0: As always, thank you for joining us. Come back next week, if you're brave for those looking to take it one step further, be sure to join us on Facebook and Instagram. And check out our terrifying new website too, sypopodcast.com. And
2: spread the word. Tune in on all the major platforms.